It's arrived. It's arrived. Halloween Kills has arrived, and it's received some criticism. I wasn't planning to do a review because, frankly, I've been up to my knees, or up to my neck, with the darn Halloween 2 review. It's taking me forever. I have an extremely long script, and I have tried to cut it down time and time again, but I can't seem to figure it out to do that. So that's going to be a long one. Such is my style though. I watched Halloween Kills on Peacock. It's possible a few things did not hit as hard as they would have had I been at the theater. Meaning my advice is if you are comfortable with and able to go see it in a theater, I think it'll be worth the cost for the added experience. Something that I did that I'm happy I did was to avoid all of the marketing, hyping, and online discussions about this movie over the past two years. I watched the first trailer a few months ago, and that was it. I forgot almost all of that trailer, except for the firefighting stuff where they essentially show you how Michael survives the fire in that trailer. And that took out a lot of the oomph or the impact that that scene could have provided so I can only imagine how taking in so much more marketing and, uh, you know, taking part in the online discussions could have really led to certain expectations and may have tainted some folks' perspectives on their first viewing. For those who were disappointed, let everything sink in and then give this movie a second watch on Halloween night. I think you will like it more on your second viewing. That said, this movie is not for everyone. Let's start off with the good, and I'm mostly sticking to the good in this non-spoiler territory. Part or parts of this movie take us back to events that unfold during the night of the first movie in 1978. Everything about this portion of the movie was really well done. From Michael himself, to his mask, to the setting, to the acting, to the wardrobe, to the makeup, and surprise, surprise, Dr. Loomis was not CGI'd, nor was it a deep fake. I had assumed it was, but they just did a really good job with him. Not perfect, really, really good. They pretty much about nailed everything in the flashbacks. It feels like you are watching a movie from that time period. One of the reasons why was the cinematography. They did probably the most subtle and effective job that I've ever seen of making this visual aesthetic feel authentic to the time period. I often talk about wishing some movies would have added a filter with grain over the image, but even that has a manufactured feel to it. I don't know how to describe what they did in this movie that worked so well. To get this beautiful and clear yet authentic and worn picture for these flashback scenes, but it absolutely works. Moving on to the rest of the movie now. I have one more comment on the cinematography, which is all around excellent, and that's on the movement that they created with the camera work. I've seen some of these techniques used before, so I'm not saying it's wholly original, but the execution was very effective and even subtle in regards to not overusing certain techniques. 
There are times where the camera is synced with the brutal and jerky actions of Michael, and it's a thing of beauty. The next critique isn't exactly cinematography. In part, it is, and that's the use and subversion in the scares in this movie. The timing of things is great and not in your classic build to the tension and then have a perfectly timed sting in the score. The scares almost always come not exactly out of nowhere, and I don't want to spoil people's experiences, so I'll just say they are unexpected in all of the right ways, and the general tactic that they used for the scares fits this high pace of the movie very well. In regards to the production design, they did an excellent job. The neighborhood looks and feels exactly like the neighborhood from the original Halloween. The Myers house is also amazing. You buy that the house has been remodeled over the years like it would be. But also, you can still see the original bones of the house without having to think about it or use your imagination to picture where events have happened previously in the home. Moving on, the score is the franchise, and if you don't get the score right, then something is going to be wrong with the movie in this franchise, and they got it right. Without too much thought, this was probably my third favorite score in the franchise. 2018's edges out the original for me, and then it's this one. I'll quickly touch on the acting of all non-Michael characters. There was far more good than bad, and some of the quote-unquote bad acting is intentional in a way that it really pushes that feeling that you're watching a throwback late 70s, early, not early, but 80s slasher flick without overdoing it. Which brings us to a few must-talk-abouts with this franchise, surrounding Michael first. And we're going to start with The Mask. I liked it a lot. It is not my favorite. That goes to the 2018 mask. This version has a thinned out and worn skeleton, or better yet, skull-like appearance, which not only looks good, but works with where they seem to be taking this version of Michael. They may have made the following choice due to this version of Michael and some events that occur later in the movie, but the mask is a little like low cut around the eyes so you can sort of see the eyes in a few scenes i didn't love that but i don't know if i'll care about it like upon further viewings speaking on this version of michael his lore his attitude his movement this is the scariest version of michael i don't think that i have ever actually felt some level of like fear from michael but he is downright intimidating in this movie. Not like Rob Zombie's version intimidating, rather deep down in your bones, chilling intimidating. And some of that is 100% this dude's attitude. They portrayed exactly what they wanted to expertly. Michael is fed up. He is pissed off. And in so many ways, they successfully evoked those emotions from him. They also, largely through humor, address some of the behind-the-scenes Michaelisms really well. Let's call it his artistic side. The Michael that thinks about how he wants to be perceived by others, how he wants people to feel when they come across his carnage. This movie sets up what 
and who Michael is. And frankly, not a whole lot more than that. Which brings us to the lore. I'm going to go off the path here for a moment to address a reoccurring mantra that I've heard a lot of negative feedback on so far. Is that messaging taken too far and literally said too much? Yes. Sure. A little bit. And the little bit slush awkwardness that takes it over the edge would have been really easy to avoid. But it doesn't ruin the movie, and I think they did just a good enough job of setting up into that stuff that it's realistic enough to buy into. I will get more into that in the spoilers section. I guess look forward to that. It's a lot. Back to Michael's lore. Uh, they nailed what I believe is the essence of Michael from Carpenter's movie. Enough said. Last up is Michael's movement, and it's amazing. This is my favorite Michael, pending further review, of course. I believe I expressed that I loved the combination of The Shape and Rob Zombie's Michael in the 2018 version. Well, in this movie, that was perfected. This is the best Michael, I think, that we have ever seen. A couple other things that one must comment on when talking about this franchise. The opening title sequence was fine. I don't think it makes the top three, though, and I would have to... I don't remember some of them, so I'd have to rewatch some to really compare it. Then, of course, it's in the title of the movies. How well did they pull off the holiday vibes of Halloween? They did really well. Top three? Little doubt on that. There is some really cool imagery, most notably a wide-angle shot of Michael looking out onto the street, and you can see all of the homes, which are just fully decked out for the holiday. That imagery just brings the Halloween spirit home in this movie. So now let's see what odds and ends that I can think of before letting you know my overall thoughts, and then going to spoiler talk, which... Um, I thought would be brief, won't be. This is a slasher movie, uh, so I should probably talk about the kills. They are well executed, and similar to the first, they can be very brutal, both in spirit and visually, to look at. And of course, there are a lot of them in this movie, Michael Kills. That said, I was a little surprised that there wasn't more, based on how much people were saying that like, there was, or that there would be, and frankly, I was happy there wasn't more. There's plenty as is, and they spaced things out nicely. So it doesn't just, it's not an onslaught of killing throughout the entirety of the movie. And I suppose I should touch on the writing. This movie has a pretty sparse plot. My guess is that the creators, maybe, probably, had an idea for a potential second movie in mind, but with the success of 2018, Hollow 18 as I like to call it, they got an offer for two more movies, and who would turn that down? So, they took like 10 minutes of the story that they had in mind for a sequel, and then they told that over the length of this entire movie. This is a bridge movie of sorts. Don't expect the story itself to move forward much. It's more about the atmosphere, the character building of Michael, 
and putting the pieces in place for the third movie, which should work nicely in terms of creating a streamlined third act to this trilogy. After all, they just had an hour and 45 minutes to get the exposition out of the way and to get the puzzle pieces in the necessary places for whatever conclusion they wish to tell. There is a storyline, or maybe a few, that they wove into this movie to give it a little bit of meat on the bones. Those go mostly, some entirely, they go nowhere. And I am totally fine with that. I will get into some things that I think that they are setting up in the spoiler section. The last thing that I can think of here is the comedy in the movie. So, so much better than the first. Much of the comedy comes from a sick and or twisted place, which may not work for everyone, but I also do think that some of that will work for everyone. It's not overly demented humor. That's why I think even the purest of minds may get a giggle or two out of it. Tone-wise, this humor works much better than making a joke about getting peanut butter on your penis. I laughed, got a giggle, or I thought, oh, that was humorous several times throughout the movie, but never to the point where it took me out of the movie. What did I think of Halloween Kills? When comparing my first viewing of 2018 versus Kills, I had a better time with Hollow 18. When comparing subsequent rewatches of Hollow 18 versus just this one time of watching Kills, I am fairly confident that I will like this movie more than Hollow 18. The only reason I might not end up liking Kills more is because there are a lot of little things that can stand out as too stupid. Characters behaving like no human would in certain situations too often. There's also a very self-enclosed storyline in the middle of a larger, mostly self-enclosed storyline which could also dampen my enjoyment in re-watching the movie. I am almost positive that every single time that I watch this movie, I will be thinking that different things are stupid, while also not thinking that other things are stupid where I had previously thought that they were. It's like a revolving door of stupid, with different stupids standing out, dependent upon my mood during that viewing. Hollow 18 came out, and almost everyone praised it and loved it. However, as time passed, as people rewatched it, it is less loved now, just like in my experience, that's been the general experience. I believe this movie will be the opposite. I'm hearing a fair amount of the negatives overweighing the positives from reviewers, and I think, in time, their viewpoints will shift to liking this movie more. I think it's going to fit in really nice in this franchise. The only concern to that is the same concern that I have about my own thoughts upon rewatching it. Is the stupid going to just all snowball together? Or will it disperse like snowflakes, each viewing being unique while learning to love and appreciate the simple madness and greatness that this movie offers? 
this movie's legacy will probably depend on how the third movie plays out. Personally, I love where this movie went in terms of the character of Michael and Laurie's realization. I think this movie makes parts of 2018 better, which is great. So, yeah, I recommend Halloween Kills for most audiences who like horror. That said, be aware, it's a throwback to the slashers of old. So if Carnage Candy isn't your thing, this movie probably won't be either. It's not heightened horror. Now beware. Light spoiler territory for this next part, where I'm going to be speaking specifically to the Halloween franchise fans. If you are a die-hard fan, you will almost definitely be able to read the tea leaves. If you were to successfully do so, it could ruin some of your experience with Halloween Kills. Now is your chance to pause me and come back after watching the movie. If you're a longtime Halloween franchise fan, your opinion of Kills should fall in line primarily based on two aspects. The same as I stated for all moviegoers, which is your specific tastes in horror. If you liked Carpenter's movie, but subsequently dislike the rest of the franchise, and not when it comes to the essence of Michael, but in respect to the extremes that Rob Zombie and 2018 take the gore to, you'll have some of the same issues that you had with that in this movie. You probably knew that already, though. The second driving factor in if you will like or dislike Halloween Kills will lie within your preference for Michael. Did you or do you not like where Halloween 2 took the story and Michael's motivations? Do you or do you not prefer the Michael from Carpenter's Halloween who appears to transcend human form? Do you or do you not think that Michael should be a brainless killing machine with little to no forethought or afterthought of his own actions? We get answers to these questions, and personally, the answers we get fit in perfectly with the version of Michael that I believe in. It's a combination we haven't truly received until now, and there is really no question as to who and what this Michael is.